0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Millennial Runs. My name is Javin.
1: And this is Esther.
0: And what is the topic today, Esther?
1: So today we are launching a new series called Millennial Money. In this series, we'll talk about financial management for millennials. We'll talk about the black tax. We'll talk about generational wealth and financial independence. In this episode, we are going to talk about financial management, so budgeting, savings, and investments for millennials.
0: Yes, so you said financial management for millennials. Uh, I think the first thing that comes to my mind when you say financial management is budgeting. What is your relationship with budgeting? How do you budget or manage your finances
1: so i had a really not good relationship with money but it has improved over time so i believe our listeners will have a lot to learn from me um in terms of budgeting i used not to budget much but i found myself in a lot of crises so i started budgeting and i want to say that i've gotten a lot better and i'm really good with budgeting my money now
0: yeah uh i would say i've um I've already, I don't know, for some point, I've always been really good with money. I think I can attribute it to, like, uh, growing up and being given the responsibility to, like, manage money at a young age. So I could see that... um, you need to, like, budget for it. You need to allocate it. You need to set money aside. So I think that's where I picked up. And I think even when we uh, became acquainted or when we became friends, that conversation of budgeting and money came up quite a lot. Uh, I think maybe we should explore it on... So you said you've had a, a bad relationship with money. How did the, the relationship change? And how, like, how are you progressing through to, like, now?
1: Okay, so... When I was young, I think the knowledge of having your parents or older siblings as a safety net for me um, kind of served as an opportunity to spend my money as I wished. But as I grew older and I think I (laughs) learned when um, I was not in the country. Briefly for work, and all of a sudden, I had to parent, buy food, make meals, and all of those things. And the first few weeks, I blew through the money like I was at the malls buying stuff, and then I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have rent and I didn't have food. And I, didn't oh my. Have, yeah, <laughs> it was really bad. And I was like, okay, and I can call my parents back in Uganda, can you please send me money? They would be like, what the heck? So a job and I think I really had to sit down with myself and decide okay so you have this you have rent you have to buy food and you also want to have a bit of fun so I'm one of those people like I don't try to take myself too seriously budget for fun and all of those things so I think that was when <laughs> that was definitely my turning point I started to take things a bit more seriously and kind of really dig deep into my expenditures and also learn my money habits and all of those things so yeah that that was my turning point <laughs>
0: yeah that's that's like a huge wake-up call if you don't have rent i think that's one of the like the biggest motivators rent food yeah so um right now like how do you budget if we're going to like um dive deep in i see for myself if i can start with me um um of course monthly budgets i see especially what's important so of course now i'm Staying at a place I don't own for now. And yes, the first thing you need to set aside is rent, bills that's water, uh, electricity, gas, and then some non negotiables like internet in the internet bills. And if you have any subscriptions that are really necessary. Uh, So you set aside that money. So that's a um, non-negotiable amount that you need to have every month. And then I set aside money for food. And in the money for food, I include... weekly groceries and then I also include if maybe I want to order out or eat out so that's also part of the budget for the month and also yes and when that money for example when I reach a certain threshold then I'll stop eating out uh, just to make sure that I'm within that the specific range and um, yes and Sometimes depending on the season um, you have some money set aside for like clothing so like right now it's changing from uh, summer to fall so in case maybe I need to buy um, I don't know a new jacket or some more warm clothes maybe that would be something I consider but this is uh, not all the time and yeah. So, how do you budget for your monthly?
1: All right, um, there is a model that I follow that I found in this really amazing book called um, the *Entrepreneur Revolution*. I forgotten its name, but I've kind of switched through models 20 something, 8020, blah blah blah. But now I found something that works for me. Um I've forgotten its name, but I'm going to share. So I have the 10%, which I tithe. So for me that's a non-negotiable. Then I have 20% savings that I also put away. Then I have a small percentage that I invest in my business per month. Um, And then the rest is split uh, between home groceries. So I live at home with my parents, but I like to buy the groceries here, mostly because I get to choose the brands that we use. Sometimes when someone else buys, they buy stuff that I don't like. So I like to do the grocery shopping here. Um, Internet, definitely. Um, I put that aside as well. Um, And also just spending money. So spending money for me looks like eating out, shopping. I like to chunk it um, and then just kind of work up to the total. If that makes sense, so because I don't shop regularly or I don't eat out regularly, I just have like a spending budget um, for myself, and I just see what I'm going to spend in the month. And when I cap, when I reach the cap, I've capped it, and I don't go anywhere else. But under that, I usually have eating out, buying a few things, um, I guess. Then. Um, whatever I like ice cream random lunches but when I reach the cup I've reached the cup then I also have uh, money that I spend on partnerships um, or kind of like social welfare I want to call it like money that I would spend on either helping like church ministries or kind of like if someone asks me for money like I have a budget for that so sometimes if someone asks me and that budget is there I'd give if it's depleted I would not so I have that as well and mostly that's it I don't have because I don't do much it's either I'm home or you know I spend a lot I have a very big internet budget so I think because I'm always home I think I focus more on making sure that I have an internet budget. I don't have many subscriptions, so um, I can easily get that from my spending money uh, per month. I think my subscriptions are quite few, if only there are two. So they're not that many. But what I focus on is making sure that I've saved, I've tithed, I have a spending budget, internet budget, and make sure that um, yeah. And then
0: how, how do you track how do you track these incomes? Do you have an app or do you do this in Excel or do you just write it down?
1: So Excel and write it down. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have like a giant book. And the reason why I write it down over having it in an app is because it's very easy to like for me personally. I like to write. Um, the things that I'm doing. So it's very easy for me to like sit down and calculate, make adjustments in this book. I have a specific money book that has every money that I've spent on my business, on myself, on how much I'm buying, on gifts, on all of these things that I've talked about. I have a giant book I bought and I write all of it in there. However, for my business, I do have Excel and also like an accounting platform, Wave, that helps me kind of track all my expenditures but I put them in excel first just so that I can see what I'm spending on then for the business I have categories as well so um service provision like photography and all of that stuff I have them in categories to make sure To see what is taking up the most money. So for me, that's how I do it. I have tried apps, although personally with apps, I would forget, which is really easy, which is really weird because with an app, you're just supposed to open your phone and fill in the stuff. But I would forget to like update. It's so much easier for me to like sit down at the end of the day and just in the book cross what i i spent or write or make notes or comments around what i'm spending a lot on for me a a book is easier but i don't think that's the case for everyone um what's your experience and how do you um manage
0: um i i i used to do excel but as you said it's really hard to track so the good thing is that i spend uh, all the spendings i do with card so i never use cash and because cash sometimes is hard to track how much you're spending so I usually use card. and the um and the bank that I use has like this really elaborate app so you just you're on top of everything every expenditure you can see how much you spent at the supermarket how much you spent where so everything is integrated and how much balance you have uh, for that month so yeah, and how much savings you have. So I just used the banking app. So I think that has really made it uh, easy. And then you also talked about savings. So how did you get... Uh, you said you save 20%, yeah? No? Yes. Yes. Um, How did you come up with that figure and... First of all, how do you get started with that figure of like saving to 20% and also what has been uh, on a personal level? What have you seen as the benefit of saving?
1: So hmm, I used not to save. <laughs> um, and, um, <laughs> again, with that crisis that I talked to you about, but also after realizing that If I saved and I was disciplined, I would get all of these things that I wanted without feeling bad about the purchase. You know how you really want something and then you're like, "Uh," you know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I started saving so that I would be able to um, invest and make purchases in things and not necessarily feel guilty about it. So even with saving, I went through quite a number of figures. I think I tried saving 50% of my monthly income. It didn't work out because then I would take it out and spend it all and then I'd have no savings. And I tried saving 10%, but then I realized that I wouldn't get to my goals as quickly. So I settled for 20 which is easy to take off and not feel the pinch with income, but it's also good um, in terms of a, a number. Um, Personally, the benefits of saving is that you're able to Um, set a goal and say okay I want this or I want that and you're able to say okay I want this and I want it in like um, eight months and then with saving you're able to see yourself get to that goal so I'll give an example for my car it's also like a test of patience so I started saving for my car in 2018 actually and I'll just take off a little bit Put it aside a little bit, put it aside. And all this time I was still using like border borders. And for those who don't know, border borders are means of public transport here in Uganda. It's a bit risky, um, especially if you're um you're going far away. Um, but they are convenient. They are faster. So I was still using a border border. Uh, this during all this time that I was saving. And I remember I saved all the way from November, 2018. And I finally got my car in September of 2019. And that was all saving. But to be able to get it and just like have the keys and know that I got this um, all by myself was, it was a testament of saving. And now I'm encouraged because I know that when you save and you're disciplined and you're patient, you're able to yield results and you can own them and not feel guilty. I don't feel guilty about the purchase of the car because I know that I proactively saved for it and I was patient and I made all the necessary sacrifices to get it. Yeah.
0: That's I, good. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, you know, I've been really an advocate for saving. I think for some reason, even uh, some, I think uh, my first job was earning little like peanuts but I was so surprised that I was actually able to save so I think it doesn't have to be in how much you you're earning I think saving can be at from any point just removing unnecessary things from like unnecessary expenditures Uh, I think for me, saving really gives me a comfort and removes that pressure. So in case of an emergency or in case of, I always think to myself, what if um, like I'm at a supermarket or I'm at a restaurant and I knock something by mistake and it breaks and they're like, okay, you need to pay 400 euro right now. Where will you get it? So that really pushes me to have some sort of saving or an emergency fund just lying around, just in case you need to uh, spend money for yeah. So I usually I always have that around, and yes, and for me I usually do the forty percent, forty percent of whatever income I'm, I'm getting and. And that's 40% of the main income. And then if I'm having any side income or additional income, then uh, I'll just, let's say I have an additional income of, uh, I don't know, let's say 500K. I'll just remove like 100K just to reward myself and keep the rest. And that's just an example. So that's how my savings, uh, how I handle my savings. And it has been really beneficial, especially uh, like moving abroad, All of this was my savings. It was not, I didn't get any help from family or anything. So without savings, I wouldn't have some starting point uh, for moving or even for other additional things that I needed to uh, spend on. So I think savings, I'm a really big advocate for savings and save as much as you need. I see some friends uh, spending money on things like uh, that are not really necessary just for the point I think for not just spending things just for the moment but i think saving that money and having it and and also one thing i pride about uh, myself is i never ask money from people so that also pushes me to save um yes so that uh that could be uh, a motivation to have savings and make sure like you're financially sustainable and even in the future if you want to make like a big purchase like a car or land or start building your house i think it's important to have savings aside just to give you the initial push yeah
1: you're a serial saver you should write a book about saving i learned some very many saving techniques from you by the way so
0: yeah i i really do save uh quite a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, And then uh, in terms of investment, so because we're talking about saving, but then you have to have like income coming in from somewhere. So of course, some people have day jobs and all of other things. So how does someone invest or come up with multiple streams of income?
1: All right. I think it depends on what is important to you at a particular season of your life. And sometimes investment may not reward money. It may reward feeling or... Um, it may reward experiences, right? So personally, what I chose was to invest in one thing a year, right? So in Mm -hmm. 2019, I decided to invest in getting a car. Now, a car is a liability. It doesn't um, bring back any money, but I decided to invest in that. And as I said, I proactively saved towards it because it's something that I wanted. In 2020, I chose to prioritize business so i invested in starting my business as you know and i'm growing with it in 2021 i honestly want to invest in travel i don't know if i should wait a little longer but i don't know (laughs) i want to invest in travel because i want to invest in experiences and all of that so for me i would say start from what's important to you or where you are at that time so in terms of revenue streams like if this if if you have decided that you want to make more money I would say analyze where you are at and what kind of resources you're able to give off at that time. For example, do you have the time? This will um, determine the kind of business you choose to start. If you have the time, then you can, you know, go full throttle and just go into something that's going to take your time. If you don't have the time and you have like a full-time job like myself, it also determines the approach and investment. You know, something that can carry itself while you do your full-time job. Then it also depends on how much you're willing to wait or how soon you want your money back, right? So... We all know in Uganda, food is the easiest investment if you want your money back, right? You make cookies, bake them, sell them, you have money, right? So you can think about that. You can think, how soon do I want my money back? If you're willing to wait, then you can invest in something that's more long term and, you know, something that will bring you money a little later. But if you want quick cash, then you can, you know, make Rolex, you can make burgers, sell them, juice, you know, you have your money back. Um, in as in the same month that you started the business. So I would say before investment, you need to analyze a couple of factors around how much you're willing to put in, how um, how how long you're willing to wait to get out, how much time you have on your hands, um, and all of these things. Um, in terms of good investment ideas, in Uganda, food and beverage are good ideas for quick return on investment. People love food, different kinds of meats and wraps and interesting things, Um is something in Uganda that's really good and I would say has an easy and quick return on investment.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's true. Coming to think of it, like people spend quite a lot on food.
1: Yeah, yes, they do. Um. What are your thoughts on investment and how someone would ideally go about it? Especially more like maybe long-term investment.
0: Well, like for me right now, uh, I think my investment right now is in myself in terms of long-term Because um, uh, for uh, people who are like in a career, in a career trajectory, in a career direction, because you need to invest in yourself, you are, you are quote unquote, the, the billboard. So investing in yourself, I think that's the point I'm at right now. But of course, that that's like a long term investment because you're investing in your communication, investing in your skills. And that later on could have a good return uh, on investment uh, because you're a human resource. But then there are very many other several um, investment ideas, especially if you're trying to set up multiple streams of income just to set up. Uh, wealth or generational wealth this is something we'll talk about in another episode but yeah you need more, like one just your day job is not enough to afford you some of the things you really want okay depending on what your day job is if you're a CEO I think that will be a good uh, amount of money but yeah um some ideas I would have are like Of course, land. Land in Uganda is one of the biggest investments because the good thing with land, it appreciates. And depending on what uh, area or neighborhood you buy it in, it could appreciate so much so quickly. And of course, and how you develop it, um, that could also influence the value of the land. I think if you ever have any amount of money that can buy land, um, I would be, and if you're like, for example, instead of having a certain amount of money in your savings account doing nothing, and there is a plot of land with the same value, I'll, I would advise you to buy that land because you can sell it and like make money at any point, um, so, land is the biggest one. And the also a good thing with the land, it's generational. You can pass on this land to, to your family uh, later on. And also, I think something that's also underutilized are uh, buying uh, shares, securities, and all the bonds and all the banking investment uh, products. Uh, Some of them have uh, some risks. Some of them don't. Some of them have interests. I think something you have to research. But I think it's something if you really have uh, any passive income that it would be something really good to invest in to make money as you're you're doing nothing. And even things like giving a life insurance or things of that nature. There's some uh, legal products that you can really invest in that can really make money for you in the long run. As I think, instead of someone uh, just investing in like a social security fund, having a life insurance or there's some other products that you can take out at a later stage, depending on if someone is uh, saving for old age, that really uh, could be really beneficial and really change someone's life later on. And yeah, and also if you have land like uh, planting trees, people who planted trees. I don't know. A few years back, I really, um, yeah, they are really making, uh, making a bag, making a lot of income from, uh, from trees, and yeah, and finally, I think agriculture is also another big one. I think it also has a much quicker return. Um, yeah, depending on what kind of agriculture, so like a greenhouse with vegetables, because Ugandans love food, and food needs to be prepared using plant or produce so a greenhouse if you have the investment funds a greenhouse passion fruits all of that stuff but of course it has an initial it has an initial cost that is quite heavy but the returns once you have the structures set up the returns are really good and i think yeah it's something i'd really um if someone has really the time to invest in i think agriculture is a good one even uh like um Poetry and animal farms and all of that stuff. Yeah, that is
1: true.
0: Uh, and you also said uh, investing in travel. Uh, someone also would think um, experiences don't really have any tangible, um, any tangible return. What would you say to that?
1: I mean. It depends on what your priorities are. There are people who argue that travel is not a valid investment and it's actually a waste of money. But then there are those who argue otherwise. I argue otherwise. I think when you have the opportunity to go and experience different cultures, eat different food, step out of your comfort zone in terms of physical location and experience, you know, different weather, different food, different, all of these things and be able to breathe different air. It's a, it's therapeutic. It's something that you, you, you can't, you can't equate to staying home and, you know, just Having, you know, all these businesses, but you've never left the country to see how other people live life, you know, personally. That's what I think. I mean, different people think differently. I think that the issue of travel is um, on a case by case basis, depending on what's a priority to you and what brings you joy and peace. Personally, every time I've traveled, I felt great. I felt relieved, you know, to kind of be away from home for a little bit and just kind of be in this place of holiday and rest. For me, I find that very therapeutic and very fun. But there are people who are like, no, I can be in my home and (laughs) experience the same kind of therapy you're getting for a thousand dollars elsewhere. So it's really what's important to you, I think
0: true yeah i think it's really important to invest in yourself yeah before investing in all these things because you yourself are a stream of income because if if you're not there to uh innovate and Create all these new, uh, fresh ideas through travel, through experiencing other things. I think you're shutting at you're shutting down another stream of income because you are the human resource, and that's the most important piece of the puzzle. You, the person, so you have to really invest in yourself through different ways.
1: I couldn't agree more. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, and that brings us to the end of the episode. Please uh, let us know in the comments actually uh, ask you really to uh, comment or share because most of you comment through the DMS commenting on the episodes really gives us uh, a lot more visibility and shows the episodes to other people. So I'd really appreciate if you really comment, uh, uh, send your views, uh, directly under the posts or under the episodes, it would be really good and helpful for us. yeah like, yeah, and we also like to know how what budgeting strategies you have, how, how have you saved money and what has uh, savings, what have savings done for you and what have, how have they benefited your day-to-day life. Um, and also how to uh, start up uh, multiple streams of income. That's a trending topic and we love to hear more from you. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that brings us to the end.
1: Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Millennial Rants. We are loving your feedback. Please keep it coming. We release episodes every Monday, so make sure to catch us on your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Follow or subscribe, plus leave us a comment or rating. Keep updated by following us on our Instagram at millennialrants.pod. See you in the next episode. Bye. We're excited to announce the launch of Big Box, an e-commerce platform set out to empower young Ugandan entrepreneurs and artisans to showcase their exceptional workmanship to a global audience. Check out their website at BigBoxUG, follow Big Box on Instagram at BigBoxUG and like their Facebook page, BigBoxUG, for more information and share with a friend.
1: If you'd like a business shout out or brand feature, please reach out to us at milleniorants.high at gmail.com or via Instagram at milleniorants_pod.